My Govanin, and so I lied to all my elf friends. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and welcome to What Would Arwen Do this Tuesday, June, I believe, 23rd, maybe it's the, no, it's Wednesday, the 24th, in the year 2015. And my I am the KUCI Middle Earth Elf this morning, my light. My heart is heavy and it's light. Light with excitement uh, to give you an elfish report of the wonderful Writers Retreat I was on last week. And heavy with the news of a young one who has departed from the circles of this world and so unnecessarily. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. If you are tuning in for the very first time, this is What Would Arwen Do, where we celebrate all things Tolkien and Middle-earth. Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, in the stories of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. And so this is the show where we ask, I ask, if a Middle-earth elf lived today in Southern California, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? <clears throat> First off, she has a cruelty-free diet. <laughs> so I learned many things in my uh, grand experiment that turned into the grand adventure of my life as an elf. Started in about April of 2002. And is still going strong. I learn many things from the wonderful archetypes of Middle Earth, primarily for the elf, because I feel like I am an elf. If I was going to be any race of Middle Earth, I would most certainly have been an elf. I love to walk under starlight and get my feet in uh, the sand and not so much a big people person. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy people. I love people, but not big on crowds. And I'd much rather be out in nature somewhere and or singing or dancing or reading or composing poems. You can contact me at askanelf at yahoo.com. I would certainly love to hear from you. And you can find podcasts and information about the show at our website, kuci.org or Talk. Dot org, and you can always catch us streaming live through our website at KUCI.org, and you can also catch us through iTunes. So <clears throat> we are Orange County's alternative radio station, and we are streaming live 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all over this beautiful globe called Arda in Elvish, or as we know it, planet Earth. So... Sorry, I'm also going through a bit of a, a cleansing cycle, which is always wonderful in the summer and in the fall, just to prepare for the, um, for the different seasons of life. And so I'm feeling a little congested. I was out in Palm Springs, as you may know if you tuned in last week and was heading off to a wonderful writer's retreat hosted by Barbara DeMarco Barrett, who is the host of the public affairs show, Writers on Writing, which comes on right after this. I believe Nicole will be here today. 
and everything that you want to know about getting published. So I got to hang out with Barbara out in Palm Springs, 113 degrees, not exactly elvish weather, but there was a lovely pool and even lovelier company and got to focus on our writing and just uh, lots of wonderful vegetarian food. And we had calls from agents and authors. So if you are thinking that maybe this is the summer to get uh, busy on your writing, you might want to tune in to Writers on Writing and catch some of their podcasts, I believe on Barbara's website, which is penonfire.com or barbarademarcobarrett.com. If you Google Pen on Fire, which is the name of her wonderful writing book, you will find her. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I apologize for having to clear my throat so much this morning. The other thing about the retreat that was so wonderful is that I got to meet some amazing people. One of those people was someone named Toby, and along with her daughter, Devin, who had just come back from Hawaii, and Devin won an award for producing the film The Wave I Ride. So it was in the Hawaiian Music Festival. <clears throat> I'm hoping to have her on the show in a couple of weeks. Uh, she's back in Southern California. She's a lifeguard. I mean, what else? She's a wonderful lifeguard in um, Huntington Beach. And she'll be doing some things to promote the film and... I haven't gotten to see it yet, but it's, um, I believe it's going to be showing here in Southern California soon. It's Paige Alms' story, and there is a trailer, though, the way I write, it's about um, this amazing woman who is rides the surf the same as all the guys uh, over in Hawaii and although she doesn't get near the um, attention and sponsors and all of that I don't know what it is about the about women she's the star of the show and Devin is the producer and what started out as a 10-minute project turned into a 70-minute film that won an award at the Hawaiian Film uh, Festival so there is a trailer on the website, if on the internet, if you'd like to watch it, just uh, Google The Wave I Ride. Hopefully, again, we'll have Devin on in a couple of weeks to talk to you a little more about the film and let you know where you can see it. I fell in love just with the trailer, and that's only like, what, about a minute long. So <clears throat> that was very exciting. And then Alona, I got to marry ride with this amazing woman, Alona, who is a painter and now a writer, and she writes poems. She wrote a beautiful poem for her recent land, kind of a, you know, landmark birthday, which was beautiful. She comes from Europe. She grew up in orphanages. She has six lovely children and so many just heartwarming star stories. It was so healing for my heart, especially since my mother has passed from the circles of this world quite a while ago, about 15 so years. I miss her terribly, but it was kind of like being with a mom, you know, a really maternal, loving person. It was very healing for my heart. So that was, <clears throat> and then Saturday I got home and Sunday, so some of you may know that on my journey of my life as an elf, 
wisdom that I've learned from so many of the elves and the peoples of Middle Earth has now led me to the saints, <laughs> which actually are people who actually lived and um, lived amazing lives. So I became a Catholic. I, I've been a lover of Jesus for over 30 years as a Protestant Christian, kind of relating to C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien, as you may know, was a uh, Roman Catholic. And I joined the Catholic family. And so I didn't feel like I was converting from something to something, rather that I was adding another dimension to my spiritual life. So in the process of doing that, I've met so many wonderful people within this giant Catholic family. And last Sunday, I met some young women who are becoming Carmelite nuns. Now, I won't go into what all that means because it's really quite wonderful and interesting, the whole history of that. But nuns, you know, we kind of tend to think of nuns as, you know, those really stoic people that we see characterized in the movies and from the um, the Catholic schools of our youth back in the 50s or 60s or something. Well, these young women were as vibrant and lively and amazing as you can't even imagine. And they teach and they are involved in healthcare and they sing and they make CDs and they're on the internet, on Facebook, and <clears throat> they're just vibrant and lovely. And so I got to meet Elizabeth Neely and two other amazing Carmelite candidates, Christine and, ooh, <laughs> anyway, I'm hoping that they'll, to have them on at some point too, because I you know, I think people wonder. People ask me, why would you become a Catholic? And I think people say, why would you become a nun? Well, we can hear it from the girls themselves, why they would choose this vocation in life. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And one more announcement <clears throat> in uh, two weeks from today, uh, Haley Stone will be on and talking about her experience in the performing arts and which she will be performing for the Dalai Lama event which is coming up right here on the campus of UCI July um, I believe it's the 5th through the 7th you can look on the UCI homepage to get more information and find out if there are still tickets very reduced tickets for students so there'll be a big event over at the Honda Center but also some engagements here right here on the campus of UCI so the Dalai Lama, <clears throat> pretty amazing. And uh, yes, <clears throat> we could definitely use more love and peace and compassion in this world. <clears throat> so I'm going to play a little, another song from uh, the Academy Award winning music of Howard Shore, which is what we heard in the opening of the show. Uh, but I'm going to play <clears throat> the Breaking of the Fellowship just um, because I think it kind of kind of signifies what uh, the sadness of the loss of this young life. And we will talk a bit when I come back about teen driving. And in case you did not know, the, the time between Memorial Day and Labor Day, there are the most teen deaths, a large, large percentage increase. And so I'm going to play a little music and we will be right back. This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth.
Welcome back to What Would Arwen Do? I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and you've been hearing the Academy Award winning music of Howard Shore, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Breaking of the Fellowship. And if you are listening in on podcast, just know that all of the copyrighted material and music will be edited out. I will always let you know what has been playing, but pretty much anything from Howard Shore you can find on the soundtracks of the Lord of the Rings movies, especially. Well, that was from the original soundtrack, but now we have the complete recordings. So, wonderful world of Middle Earth that Howard Shore created in music, and uh, which is very appropriate considering that J.R.R. Tolkien's creation myth, creation legend in the Silmarillion called the Ainulindali, the Song of the Ainur or the Song of the Angelic Ones. In that story of creation, everything was created through music and song. So kind of a beautiful retelling of the story of Genesis in the Bible. So as I mentioned before, um, I want to say thank you. I had a caller during that little musical break, David. I forget to ask where he was calling from. But he very kindly uh, informed me that it is National Fairy Day. And I did International Fairy Day. And I cannot believe that I did not know that. So we'll talk a little bit about that after the break. But as I mentioned before, I want to take this opportunity to um, turn our attention toward um, things of eternal value, like life. There was an accident yesterday, and I'm going to read you the article about this. And it's a very, very real uh, concern for the times that we live in and for the season that we are in, which is summer. And yesterday, uh, this is an article I found out about this at church because when I was at Mass, the pastor announced and asked for our prayers for uh, Spencer Burke, whose family is a member of our church family, our parish, and that he had been killed in a car accident. And all I can hope is that from this, parents will talk to their children, children will, teenagers will take, uh, will think about about their uh, driving very mindfully. But really, you know, we as the adults have got to talk to our kids and, you know, not letting your child drive right away might save their life. I, I don't. It's just true. So um, I'm going to give you some statistics in a minute. Um, Well, actually, before I read the article, I'm going to tell you that I am going to give you a few statistics. Okay, this from the Center for CDC, Center for Disease Control. In 2011, about 2,600 scenes in the United States age. Okay, that's 2,650 Children, people's children between the ages of 16 and 19 were killed and almost 292,000 were treated in emergency departments for injuries suffered in motor vehicle crashes. That means that 17s 
in ages 16 to 19, died every day from motor vehicle injuries. Young people ages 15 to 24 represent only 14% of the U.S. population. However, they account for 30% of the total cost of motor vehicle injuries among males and 28% of the total cost of motor vehicle injuries among females. And it says, who is most at risk? The risk of motor vehicle crashes is higher among 16 to 19 year olds than any other age group. In fact, per mile driven, teen drivers ages 16 to 19 are nearly three times, three times more likely than drivers age 20 and older to be in a fatal crash. Among teen drivers, especially those at high risk for motor vehicle crashes are uh, males, um, the the motor vehicle death rate for male drivers and passengers ages 16 to 19 was almost two times that of, the, of their female counterparts. Teens driving with teen passengers. The, president, the presence of teen passengers increases the crash risk of unsupervised teen drivers. This risk increases with the number of teen passengers. Newly licensed teens. So crash risk is particularly high during the first six months of having a license. And it says, what factors put teen drivers at risk? Teens are more likely than older drivers to underestimate dangerous situations or not be able to recognize hazard hazardous situations. Teens are more likely than older drivers to speed and allow shorter headways, the distance from the front of the one of one vehicle to the front of the next. The presence of male teenage passengers increases the likelihood of this risky driving behavior. Among male drivers between 15 and 20 years of age who were involved in fatal crashes in 2012, 37% were speeding at the time of the crash and 25% had been drinking. Remember folks, it's the summer and you know, there's not that school thing. Kids are partying. They're hanging out with their friends. I know from experience in my extended family and friends that kids can get alcohol. Kids can get other things. And um, so just be mindful for your kids. <laughs> uh, compared with other age groups, teens, teens have the lowest rate of seatbelt use. In 2013, only 55 of high school students reported they always wear seatbelts when riding with someone. I believe the young man killed in this accident was not wearing his seatbelt. And in 2012, 23% of drivers aged 15 to 20 involved in fatal, fatal motor accident crashes were drinking. In a national survey conducted in 2013, 22% of teens reported that within the previous, previous month, they had ridden with a driver who had been drinking alcohol. Among students who drove, 10% reported having driven after drinking alcohol within the same one-month period. So uh, in 2012, 71% of drivers aged 15 to to 20 were killed in motor vehicle crashes after drinking and driving were not wearing a seatbelt. And 
In 2012, 49% of teen deaths from motor vehicle crashes be occurred between 3 p.m. and midnight. And 53%, more than half, occurred on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Well, we'll talk about some things that uh, how can deaths and injuries resulting from crashes involving teens be prevented. We'll come back to that in a few moments. First, I want to read to you this heart-wrenching article from the Daily Pilot. This is right here, folks, in our Southern California, right here in the Irvine, Newport area. Teen driver dies after collision in Newport. The 17-year-old resident of the city is ejected from his SUV during the crash. Police believe that one of the cars was speeding. A 17-year-old driver died Tuesday after a high-speed crash in Newport Beach, police said. Spencer Becker, a Newport Coast resident, was ejected from the Chevrolet Suburban he was driving when it collided with a Toyota Col Corolla at Jamboree Road and Bristol Street, according to authorities. Okay, I just want to say, okay, the Suburban was heading east on Bristol, and the Corolla was traveling north on Jamboree when the two slammed into each other around 10.20 a.m., Newport Beach Police Spokesman Jennifer Manzella said. So, people drive, I drive up and down Jamboree all the time. If a car is coming east on Bristol toward Jamboree, then it's either going to turn left onto Jamboree, it's going to turn right onto Jamboree, or it's going to go straight through and get on the toll road on-ramp. So if you're speeding to catch that light, because some people say, oh, the light's too long, I don't want to wait for the, right, for the light, and you speed up and you run that red light to get onto the on-ramp, a person coming up Jamboree can slam right into you. So please do not run red lights. The article doesn't mention anything about running a red light. But please do not run red lights. So paramedics took Becker to Mission Hospital in Mission Viejo, where he died at 10.45 p.m., according to Orange County Coroner's office. So three hours later, a little over three hours later, he passed from the circles of this world. One minute, he's a young, just graduated, just graduated, I know this, from my pastor who knows the family. He just graduated um, in, you know, the last few weeks and was, I'm sure, looking forward to a wonderful summer, as was his family and his siblings. And now he's gone. Now he's gone, 17 years old. The Corolla driver didn't need medical attention and no one else... Uh, was in either car, police said. Well, thank God that there were no other passengers. Police believe that at least one of the vehicles was traveling at high speeds contributing to the crash, Manzella said. Debris was sent flying uh, by the collision, struck a nearby Porsche, police said. Police asked that anyone with information contact Scott Greco at 949-644-644. 3747 or sgreco at npbd.org. So again, 
Uh, Scott Greco is the police officer, I believe, that's handling that, 949-644-3747. So in case you were in the vicinity or may have seen anything regarding that crash, please um, please do call and help with the information. Another article that I read in the register did say that um, there were preliminary indications that the car that was speeding was the SUV. And interestingly enough, the um, where did I get there? <coughs> the article. So anyway, 17-year-old male, son, brother, graduate, image of God person is now gone. Speeding was involved and no seatbelt. He was ejected from the vehicle. Perhaps if he had been wearing his seatbelt, even with having been speeding, he might have just gotten some bad injuries and not been ejected from the vehicle and died three hours later. So again, um, okay, let me say this. Um, there's some things that are just really... Um, nor, you know, just plain common sense. Uh, here's another one on the Explore campaigns. 11 facts about teen drivers. 16-year-olds have higher crash rates than any drivers of any other age. And this is on uh, something called DoSomething.org and um, one of the largest organizations for young people and social change. And there's something that you can actually sign up and do something. So you can sign up for a campaign and... Uh, Sign up for a, a campaign and make the world suck less. So, number one, 33% of deaths among 13 to 19-year-olds in 2010 occurred in motor vehicle crashes. That's one-third. 16-year-olds have a higher crash rate than drivers of any other age. 50% of seen, teens say they talk on the phone while driving. So, they're already at risk. They do not need any distractions. Statistics show that 16- and 17-year-old driver death rates increase with each additional passenger. Okay, so this is something for those of you whose children do not drive, but may get into a car with a newly licensed driver or a sibling. I know that the law now allows for uh, newly licensed drivers, 16, I believe, and 17-year-olds, to drive their siblings, I believe, to school or to work. And you may want to think about whether or not you want to let your newly licensed teen have <clears throat> a distraction in the car, as in a sibling that they may be arguing with. Um, only 44% of teens said they would speak up if someone were driving in a way that scared them. So kids like to show off. They like to show off what they can do with their cars. So only almost half of teens said that they, um, so yeah, only 44% said that they would speak up. So that means more than half wouldn't speak up. 
Uh, teen drivers with involved parents are twice as likely to wear seat belts, so parents. More than 40% of teen auto deaths be- occur between 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. So where are your children tonight? Talking on a cell phone can double the likelihood of an accident as well as slow a young driver's reaction time down to that of a 70-year-old. One in five 16-year-old drivers has an accident within their first year of driving. So think of all your children's friends, their 16-year-old friends, your newly licensed driver, their newly licensed friends. One in five of those has an accident within their first year of driving. 50% of teenagers rely on their parents to learn how to drive. Crash crash risk for teens increase incrementally with each mile per hour over the speed limit. So uh, speeding is something that you may think, well, sometimes it just happens. You're not paying attention to the speedometer, especially if you're distracted. My one and only speeding ticket that I ever got was on the freeway many years ago, but I was in my uh, newly acquired mom's, my mom had passed away and I had, she left me her Cadillac, which is, I'm not really a Cadillac kind of person, but it was a nice car and helped me feel um, kind of connected to my mom. So anyway, I was driving up to Glendora where I worked at the time and um, saw these lights on and realized that I was going over the pass that might, Um, I had increased my speed to like 80 miles per hour. Well, I'm a really conscientious driver. I I never speed. I mean, I'm always consciously not to speed, but in that particular time, and it was on a stretch of road that they probably have the, um, and perhaps that's why he was there, because people don't pay attention or set their cruise control, and they end up speeding up going over that, you know, kind of, there's a pass there. But so so sometimes it can happen just when you don't realize it. Speeding up to make a light, not a good idea. Uh, right here around Irvine, it's amazing to me how many times now, nowadays, especially since we have more cars and more people and more apartments and more everything, uh, that I see people running red lights. As soon as the light turns green, do not just start up. Take a look both ways first. Uh, especially along Jamboree, we had, they had to change the intersection at Jamboree and Bison because of the, um, because there there were so many uh, fatalities there from people coming out of that housing area um, there in East Bluff onto Jamboree because they would go straight across. And the last time it was just awful and they actually change it you cannot drive straight across jamboree in that intersection anymore you have to either turn left or turn right and i'm not sure exactly why that um hinders people from uh, getting an accident getting run um but it does so um anyway back to my plea to you my plea from my heart is that you will if you have a teenager if you are thinking, if they are just turning 16 and you're thinking about letting them drive, maybe even just wait till the summer's over. Let them only drive with you during the summer. 
Um, yes, it's a bit of an inconvenience. It's so much easier for them to let them drive themselves to the beach. But it could save their life. It could save their life. I bet that um, this young man, Spencer Becker's parents, are wishing they could turn back time, wishing they could do something a little differently so that their son would not be gone from the circles of this world unnecessarily through a traffic accident where someone was speeding and where someone where he himself did not have his seatbelt on and was ejected from the car. So it's, it's only speculation, but he did not die in the car. He was ejected and then rushed to the hospital where he later died. So perhaps if he had been in the car with his seatbelt, he might not have suffered the fatal injuries that he did from being ejected from the car possibly at high speeds. So we never know when our time is. And we want to celebrate the young people in our lives and enjoy them for as long as we can and let them see their earthly hopes and dreams come true uh, before they pass from the circles of this world. And so parents, please talk to your children. Please do some research yourself on the risk of teen deaths. It is the, one of the articles that I found here is states that the highest time of the year is between Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day. And let's see here, this is from Teen Driver Resources from, um, courtesy of J-G-E-L Accident Attorneys. It says that um, each year the National Organization for Youth Safety hosts May as National Youth Traffic Safety Month to raise awareness about the increased dangers of teen driving during the summer months. Um, it says there are nearly twice as many car accident deaths during the summer months than the rest of the year combined, according to the NHTSA. Teenagers have been responsible for almost 50% more drunk driving accidents during the summer months than the rest of the year. In the summer of 2008, nine teens between the ages of 16 and 19 died each day. And in Northern California, the days between Memorial Day and Labor Day are the deadliest for people under 20. Teen car accidents begin to rise in May and reach their peak in July and August. So you may think, oh... Yeah, but, oh, it's just starting. The season is just starting. An average of 104 drivers aged 16 and 17 are killed in both June, July, and August, a 20% increase over other monthly teen accident deaths. So maybe the first month you drive your kid, your child to the beach to meet with their friends, and but in July and August you think, well... You know, he's been driving around the neighborhood. It's probably all right. Maybe rethink that. Maybe wait at least until the summer is over. And that, and let you know, not that, that you know that your child is fastening its seat, his seat or her seatbelt all the time. All the time. It's not only the law. It could save a life. 
So I'm going to play a little song in memory for Spencer Burke and his family. It's by Mercy Me, and it's called I Can Only Imagine. Please say a prayer for this family and for all families, even even now. Pray for the families whose children may die during the summer. And do what you can to make sure it's not your children or the children of someone you know and love, family or friends. Here's Mercy Me with I Can Only Imagine. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see. This is KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and that was Mercy Me with I Can Only Imagine. So again, please say... A prayer for Spencer Burke, who has passed from the circles of this world, and for all of our young people this summer, especially those newly licensed to drive who are at risk, most at risk between Memorial Day and Labor Day. And if you have friends or friends of friends, please help us all to have a safe and alive summer. So one last thing I want to read for you about who we are, and a reminder that we are the beloved. I am Tani Tanuviel. This is What Would Arwen Do, where we celebrate all things Middle Earth and all things mindful and lovely and thoughtful. And I'll be back next week. You can email me at askanelf at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear from you. And I'm hoping to have this up on podcast, hopefully, maybe today, maybe within the next couple of days. But before... I leave you, and coming up in just a few moments, uh, Nicole will be here with uh, Writers on Writing. Um, I believe it's Nicole, or it might be Barbara, but a little something from C.S. Lewis, uh, his uh, essay, The Weight of Glory, which is about what we all wear. We have this weight of glory (laughs) upon us that we are made in the image of God. And in it he says... It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, to remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship, or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only a nightmare. All day long we are, in some degree, helping each other to one or other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with the awe and the circumspection due to them that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, art, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit, immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. This does not mean that we are to be perpetually solemn. We must play. But our merriment 
must be of that kind, and it is in fact the merriest kind, which exists between people who have from the outset taken, taken each other seriously. No flippancy, no superiority, no presumption. And our charity must be a real and costly love, with deep feelings for the sins in spite of which we love the sinner. No mere tolerance or indulgence which parodies love, as flippancy parodies merriment. Next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. And that from C.S. Lewis, The Weight of Glory. And so, dear friends, I hope that you will have a very safe summer. And again, I can't emphasize enough the cry of my heart that you would um, consider whether or not your teenage child uh, should be driving over this summer um, with alone or with friends, whether or not it might be in the best interest to wait a few more months before letting them have a little more free reign with the car and they have a chance to get some practice just driving back and forth from school instead of driving around town. And, and there are other people on the road that are driving carelessly and, and speeding and drinking. And so that puts them again at risk from not having the experience of being able to stop faster or whether, or being distracted by the cell phone or, or the radio or just their friends, having their friends in the car and having a wonderful time enjoying the summer. So again, for many people, because teens will die this summer, not letting your child drive might save their life or the life of them and some of their friends or the lives of others. So it's a rather solemn thing to think about, but sometimes we must think about these things. And I hope you have a wonderful, happy time and all of you... Uh, uh, kids who have graduated, have a safe and happy summer. Think about taking the bus. It's fun to take the bus with a bunch of people, and you can go right down into Laguna. It drops you off right downtown, takes you down to the beach. You can talk about movies or look at watch things on your iPad or whatever on your way to the beach. Um, you know, lots of cat YouTube videos. So I'm sorry we did not have time to celebrate National Fairy Day. That is today, June uh, 24th, and it says that Fairy Day is a holiday sprung from the imagination of fairy artist Jessica Galbraith. You can find some information about that on the internet. So this is the day to celebrate all things fae. And on the Days of the Year website, it says that it's a day for fairies, magic, and wishes come true. For one day, Put aside the cynicism of the modern world and embrace the possibilities of the unknown and believe in fairies. Some things are true whether we believe in them or not. So until next week, Alin Salalumin Amentielvo, thank you for the dear callers who called in. It's so sweet to hear. And again, I'd love to hear from anyone with a comment or a prayer request. Uh, you can email me at askanelf at yahoo. Dot com. Until next week, this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We have started a new quarter. Uh, we will be having a new DJ training coming up in the summer. So please visit our website at KUCI.org to find out when the next DJ and talk show host training will be right here on the campus of UC Irvine. So until then... 
going to leave you with a little music again from the Fellowship of the Ring, the Breaking of the Fellowship. And please stay tuned, coming up in just a couple of minutes, Writers on Writing. This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of the universe. Namariel.